0: What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined this week by Jeff Lloyd, the host of Locked On Browns. You can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along with both of us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Locked On Browns, at Jay Yarko underscore Bucks and at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Jeff, how you doing, brother?
1: It uh, couldn't be better. Um, you know, I, I think the hopes were getting, getting pretty high headed in the last week, and uh, I, I think this team maybe needed it. Uh, I, I'm not saying they needed to lose, but they needed to realize that yes, while there's really been some solid work done here, there's still a long, long way to go. So I think some of that came out on Sunday. You know, discouraged things a little bit, but look, the, the picture is a lot prettier than it's ever been in a, a long few years here now in Cleveland. So, you know, very excited about the team and the product they have. Just got to continue to go in week in, week out, and put together solid efforts.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz surrounding the Browns from a nationwide perspective, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're, it's kind of like, you know, we're kind of in the same boat, you know, sometimes where people are start to feel so bad for for the teams that we cover that they want to see them do well just for a little change of pace. Um, But we had a, a gentleman on from who works with the Buccaneers, and, and he's the uh the editor and senior writer of Buccaneers.com, and he and I started talking about Baker Mayfield and how much we like him and how exciting he is and how funny he is to watch. There's a lot of great pieces in Cleveland, and they're starting to put it together. My only question uh, about about the Browns, of course, is do they have the coach in place to get them where they need to be? And I'm still, after watching Hard Knocks, waiting for Hugh Jackson and uh, Todd Haley to get in a fistfight on the sideline because I think it's going to happen at some point. The question is when.
1: I think you're looking at a three-way dance because I think Greg Williams would just be just as easy to jump into that fray, <laughs> and ain't nobody gonna have anybody's back. Um, there's Probably. things that we just we, we've gone on week through week here, and like one of the things we all said last week is you really shouldn't blitz Philip Rivers because he has the you know he everyone thinks he's old but he's not quick, quickest release in the league. Don't blitz Philip Rivers. Greg Williams couldn't help himself, so he did blitz Philip Rivers. Got burned by it. Got burned by it pretty good. Um, Other things you're going to have to worry about. They're not going to be dumb enough to run the ball up the gut. They know that's what the Browns do well. Were they ready for the Browns uh, or the Chargers to run the ball outside? Absolutely 110%. They were not ready for that. Um, Now with Todd Haley, you know, we've gone in week in, week out here and said, look, enough is enough with Carlos Hyde already. He's a part of this running back rotation, but he is not the featured back of this rotation. What does Todd Haley do? Doesn't listen. And, you know, and finally, they give the ball to Chubb and Duke Johnson last week. They produced, I believe it was uh, 10 or 11 touches for 140-something yards. But it was way too late by the time they did it. It was way too late. So Haley's <laughs> refusing to play some of the better personnel he's got. Greg Williams, will, these, the problem is when you have these older coaches, and you always look to a team like the Rams with Sean McVay, is Sean McVay looks around and says, hey, I need to play where I can get him involved. Or, you know what, You know what? This, he really does this well. So let me draw something up here where I can get him in a spot where he does something well, whereas you know Todd Haley, Greg Williams, say this is what I do, you're all going to do it. Sunday they were down to the fifth and sixth wide receiver. You think if any time, maybe now sprinkle in your second and third tight ends who are all good receiving options. Use Duke Johnson more who's a good receiving option. You'd think that would be the plan. It wasn't. They continued to force feed balls to the fifth and sixth wide receivers, and people were like, oh, well, these guys aren't making all the plays. Well, that's why they're fifth and sixth wide receivers. I mean, that's what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And, you know, uh, like I said, there's there's a lot of excitement around around the Browns, but there are some growing pains. It is a relatively new staff. You have these new pieces in. And, and Greg Williams, of course, is a defense coordinator that the Buccaneers, uh, as a franchise and their fans, are certainly familiar with um you know a lot of them still to this day like to bring up the whole bounty gate thing involving Brett Favre because you know as as fans we like to latch on to something that happened and, and never let it go um you'll know, see Patriots and Deflategate and Spygate and all that you know, people still bring that up all the time but the Browns may be catching the Bucks at the perfect time because despite how great the offense is Now you have the worst defense in the NFL who's just fired their defensive coordinator. So we're not sure exactly what to expect from the defense. Usually Bucks fans expect the worst case scenario. And there have already been people talking about how Baker Mayfield is going to set his career high in passing yards and passing touchdowns and completion percentage all in this game. But all of a sudden you have a changing of the guard. Mike Smith is out. Mark Duffner is in. And Duffner is a guy who was a defense coordinator for the Bengals back in 2001, and they had a relatively decent defense. You know, they led the league in sacks that season, but as far as passing and rushing yards and points allowed, they were pretty much middle of the row. But you look at this Buccaneers team as a a offense who is on the cusp of being elite, and an average defense can get them to the playoffs, but... Again, you have the same players in the same basic system that they were failing in. You know, what's going to be the difference? Is there going to be a more aggressive approach? We're just really not sure. So the Browns may be catching them at the right time. Jarvis Landry speed can of course you know, expose the the weaknesses in the secondary. You do have some bruising backs back there if Todd Haley uses them appropriately. You know, Carlos <laughs> Hyde is 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 still one of the better backs in my opinion when he's healthy. Nick Chubb is a rising star in this league. But the 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 big thing of course is going to be how is Baker Mayfield going to handle things and so far this season. I think he's done a great job of of handling things.
1: He's done a great job. Let me ask you this first though, James what what's been the serious issue with the defense is it been not enough pass rush is it just straight up getting whipped pass coverage
0: wise yes (laughs) and and yes that's the best i can muster um you know the pass rush is it's confusing because there are some times that it looks it looks good and Jason Pierre-Paul is just an absolute stud. He has five sacks on the season, so he's on pace to get 16 for the year. The Bucs have not had a, a double-digit sack guy since Simeon Rice. Bucs fans will know that. Browns fans may not. So this is something that Bucs fans are really starting to hang their hat on is the performance of Jason Pierre-Paul. The problem is the the aggressiveness. There's not a lot of blitzing. They're not putting the linebackers in a position where they can succeed you're running this, these, these zone coverages or these, these off-man coverages where the corners are 10 yards off the line of scrimmage you know, instead of being right up there and playing press, and you drafted guys like Carlton Davis and M.J. Stewart that succeeded at the collegiate level by playing press-man coverage, and then you put them in an off zone, and it's just it, – it doesn't mesh. So you know, the, the defense can show flashes of brilliance. They have uh, – what did I hear the other day in this three-game losing streak – their first half point differential is a negative 66. But in the second half of these games, the Steelers, the bears, and, and uh, this past Sunday, the Falcons, they have held these teams to, I believe it was 28 total points in, in those three second halves. So it's, it's waiting for them to finally put it all together. These, Constant, slow starts have really put the Bucks behind the eight ball, and you get that sense, you get that feeling that if the offense doesn't score a touchdown on every possession – the game is over, and when you start to get a double-digit uh, a double digit or a a two-possession lead against the Bucks, that's when you start to see Jameis Winston revert back to trying to make up for all the points in one possession, whether that's mathematically possible or not, and that's when the mistakes happen. That's when the interceptions happen. That's when he forces something, and it just digs the hole deeper and deeper.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I was kind of curious about the overall. Um, but look, Baker Mayfield, it, it, it's funny because – He's not really just come in here and they made a quarterback change, you know, because Tyrod Taylor got hurt at halftime of week three. Um, Baker Mayfield's become the face uh, of this Cleveland Browns. Um, Oh, absolutely. Look, with LeBron James out of, you know, Cleveland, um, you know, he's – I mean, his star is just – it's crazy how much it is on the rise. Um, Sunday was obviously a tough, tough day. Um, You know, look, Desmond King, the two interceptions – uh, you know Baker Mayfield. Yeah, there, there was you know some issues of the way the plays were being run Sunday because some of these guys weren't really familiar with being featured targets. But uh, you know the interception, Desmond King. You know kind of you know he showed you know uh, you know that sometimes a player is better than the quarterback. But with Baker Mayfield, I, the thing that excites me most about getting back here and that he's going to get to play again as quick as it is is he, he's the type of guy that he, he's pissed off about what happened Sunday. And look, everything he owned, they asked him about an ankle. My ankle's fine. Don't ask him about my ankle. They asked about playing with receivers. I don't know. Put it on me. Put it on me. Every question was asked to him. Put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. And this is what you expect from a veteran. I mean, from a veteran quarterback. He knows Baker knows what's on the table, and he knows it's legit. And look, he may be down to his fourth, fifth, and sixth wide receivers, but look, if those guys are open, they're getting the ball. Damian Ratley had a crucial drop, and Damian Ratley, I really like, and he finally got his first run. Crucial drop early in the game on a flea flicker. It was a beautifully called play. Beautifully executed play, the kid dropped it. Now, you know, what what happens from there? Does the kid run and hide? No, the kid finishes up a day taking a couple of big hits on receptions and catches six balls for 82 yards. This was his first real legitimate in-game action. He didn't see this much action in the preseason. So there's players here. And look, Baker don't care who he's throwing to. If you're open, you're getting the ball. And it's just it's refreshing to see. I just wish they would mix in more of this talent that I know that they have on this offense. And with, you know, and one of the things is, um, I think they said the, the Browns only scored six first quarter points to this this point. Well, then maybe you should rotate in your better running backs earlier and, and use more of your offense earlier. I mean, they they dribble these guys in late and expect them to perform. Well, if you're putting them in earlier in the game, why would you expect them to f- perform then? It's just silly. It's illogical. And, you know, look, yeah, they are down some guys in the wide receiving core right now. But look, they're deep at running back. They have three serviceable tight ends. Go a little different. And, you know, this is where, you know, I mean, he's got to adapt. They've got to adapt the offense here. And it's just, you just got to do it. And it's not like you're worrying about too much I'm putting on Baker's plate because Baker is, he's a football, you know, he's a football robot. You don't care. What's the game plan this week? All right. All right. I got to put a little more work because we're doing some new stuff. Let's go. Let's do it. I want to win. So, you know, he's got to, they got to switch things up and they got to start playing to the better part of the personnel that they have available.
0: Yeah, and, and we're we're heading into this game on Sunday, and I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe this is the first time this season that the Buccaneers have been favored. And they're coming into this game uh, three-point favorites and an over-under of 49.5. Now, Jeff, I don't know about you, but if I were a betting man, you have any suggestions as to where I could go to lay some money on this game?
1: Um, well, the one thing I've learned is to not predict Cleveland Browns football to this point. Um, I, picked the jet, I picked the Jet win. Uh, I picked the Raider win. That didn't work out. I, I really thought they were going to show well. I, and the best part is, is when I, we did the lockdown show with the Ravens guys, one of the Ravens hosts who predicted a Browns win. <laughs> so he was the genius in the room, not me. Um, and then, of course, I, I thought they were actually going to show well last week, and they got you know taken behind the woodshed. But, guys, look, uh, you know, for James, guys like me, anybody here at Locked On, you get asked a lot of questions about football, and most of the time it's about betting. Who should they bet on? Look, uh, we can't give you a winner. We can give you who we think is going to win. But, look, the best thing I can tell you, betting advice-wise, is, is who you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I tell everybody, go to MyBookie.com. Trust me, guys, these, the, those folks are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. Their online reviews are excellent. The mobile app is simple, easy, clean, very easy to work through, easy maneuver. You know, you don't get no blurriness. They constantly update it, clean and easy, simple to use. I would only recommend a service that's, uh, to the listeners that's been good to me. Don't make a lot of wagers, but if I do, I'm going to use MyBookie.com. Uh, they have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Uh, new offer here with MyBookie. Um, as they continue to grow as a company, so does prospective you know, members and clients. So they're kind of slammed with people applying for new memberships. So if you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 just for helping them out by signing up a little later where they're less traffic. Um, so join now and my bookie uh, will still do the same uh, you know, original deal that they offer you. You put down $100, they're going to match your hundred. Guys, if you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, you put down 100, you get 225. Four or five bets that you get to place on their dime. I highly suggest this. New promo code with that, guys. Capital L locked. Capital O on 25. Visit MyBookie online today. That is M Y B O O K I E dot com. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on 25. Capital L, capital O. MyBookie dot com. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: Love MyBookie. They are our friends. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Jeff, what do you what are you expecting to see out of this Buccaneers team that that started off so hot and have since kind of kind of tailed off here with three consecutive losses to the Steelers, the Bears, and the Atlanta Falcons?
1: I, well, see, the first thing is it, it, it's the the passing targets scare the living daylights out of me. Uh, are we going to see OJ Howard this week or not? Uh,
0: I I don't know why we wouldn't. I haven't heard okay. anything that would that would steer me towards thinking he would be out.
1: Okay, so the first injury he had, he's back from already?
0: Yeah, he he played against the Falcons, had a touchdown. Okay, he and oh, Brady okay.
1: All right. okay, see, well, that's what – so now you're two deep at tight end. You're four deep at wide receiver. Um, the, the only thing that really concerns me, but I, it seems almost like they don't care. They're fine throwing the ball, but there's not a lot of running attack. Um, Ronald Jones – and I'm actually going to kick this one to you, James – What is the deal there? I mean, a lot of people like Ronald Jones. I know a lot of guys in Cleveland thought Ronald Jones would be a second-round target. What exactly is going on? Uh,
0: I think a lot of it was just the slow learning and slow development. He was inactive for the first three weeks, came in, played relatively well in the second half of the Bears game before they went into the bye week. Um, And then against Atlanta, Peyton Barber had such a great game that they really didn't get to utilize Ronald Jones a lot. So I think it's going to be a few more weeks before we really start to see that timeshare get closer to the 50-50 split, you know, but but Peyton Barber was, was such a man on a mission against the Falcons, falling forward for the extra yards. He was plowing through guys. Um, you know, had it, it's the first time this season that the Bucs had uh, over 100 yards rushing as a team, so... You know we're going to start to see a little bit more out of Ronald Jones, but much like he was at USC, there's that slow development with him. You know, but once it clicks, we've seen what he can do. So, you know, it, it's definitely not time for for Bucks fans to to freak out or stress about Ronald Jones, but he is a very limited uh, player at this point in time. So Peyton Barber is is the guy that that is going to get by far the lion's share of the carries.
1: So the way I look at it is twofold. Look, I mean, I know you guys have a lot of, you know, of weapons, you know, that Jameis can go to, you know, but Jameis has also been a guy who's prone to interception. And it's, I mean, until last week, this had kind of been the calling card for this <coughs> Cleveland Browns secondary. They were able to create turnovers. So even though people were amassing yards on them, they were able to combat that with sacks and turnovers. That kind of all came to a screeching halt last week. They weren't able to get home. Uh, they weren't able to create turnovers. And look, I mean, sometimes when you – face a guy like Phillip Rivers, you're just on the wrong end. And these guys were younger, and they just weren't up to it. Um, now you're going to face Jameis. This might be a little bit more. And look, Jameis can throw the ball all over the yard at times. But me being the diehard Florida State guy, I do know that as clean as Jameis was his first year down in Tallahassee, his second year, not so much. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. You know, is it, uh, you know, know, Are they going to be able to hit for more yards than turnovers and how that plays out? Uh, I do like, though, uh, you know, we were talking, you, you mentioned uh, you know the over under. I do think we have a possibility to shoot, shoot out here this week. Like, I know the Browns have been in one, the Bucks have been one in almost every week. So uh, it'll be interesting how that plays out. But I, I'm really worried. Uh, E.J. Gaines now is the new starting cornerback number two. Terrence Mitchell had been playing very good, but uh, he went down. E.J. Gaines had a great first week against the Ravens, he did not have a great week last week against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So it's going to be key for him to rebound here because. There's only you know, but besides Denzel Ward, there's nobody else he would consider as a starting quarterback on this team. Something it'd be guys that can rotate in, some guys that can play safety, some guys that can play nickel, you know, nickel corner stuff like that. But none of these guys can play full time outside, so it's going to be interesting. And you know, look, Mike Evans is a dog. Uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson can get deep, which uh, the Chargers were able to do you know a couple times last week. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, and, and I I do think that the Browns going here with a good shot, but I, I think people just think sometimes you know. The Tampa Bay Bucks are the lowest team in the AFC South. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But you know they can put up yards and they can put up points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they <laughs> can do so in a in a big hurry. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things to kind of bear in mind, you you talked about the pressure not getting to Rivers and him having that quick release and, and blitzing so much actually kind of bit the Browns in the butt. Jameis Winston is top five in the NFL in in passer rating under pressure so he is able to make some of these things happen now of course under pressure he also has a tendency to try to force the ball instead of just taking the sack and moving on to the next play and and that's where those turnovers do come in um one of the big disadvantages that the Bucks currently have is the right side of their offensive line DeMar Dotson has not been playing very well Caleb Beninog is a turnstile um so if if a lot of that pressure is coming Uh, from the left side of the defense, you know, and attacking Dotson and attacking Beninock, Jameis could be in for a really long day. But, you know, as you mentioned, there's so many weapons that quick releases to Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, a quick slant to Deshaun Jackson can go 75 yards in the blink of an eye. It's when Jameis is going to have time to actually set his feet, staying in the pocket, that you're going to start to see Mike Evans and O.J. Howard and Cam Bray get these big chunk plays, because they aren't the, the short yard and and pick up an additional 10 kind of players like Deshaun Jackson is, Adam Humphreys can be, and and Chris Godwin can be. But, of course, for all of our listeners in the Tampa Bay area, they can go see their beloved Bucks or their beloved Browns play at Raymond James Stadium at 1 o'clock on Sunday, and they can do so Thanks to our friends over at Vivid Seats, because with Vivid Seats, you can attend any concert, show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in a section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On. For $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and her promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite event. Jeff, when I look at this game, I look at the Browns' ability to create that pressure and get after the quarterback and cause mistakes, but I also look at the Buccaneers' to this point inability to stop opposing offenses i take a look at guys like jarvis landry that can stretch the field callaway has a ridiculous amount of speed you have an emerging star tight end in david and joku the the running backs of of Hyde and and chubb and I, I look at baker mayfield as a guy that even though he's a rookie even though he you know is entering what is this his fourth career start he's yep. a guy that can exposed defenses. He's a smart guy. He may have this, you know, outside looking in, reputation of being the quote-unquote next Manziel which I think is just a bogus comparison and I I've said as much when I've when I've spoken to people in person about it but he he's a smart guy he was a number one pick for a reason and so when you have Landry who can streak down the field you have Callaway who can just like Deshaun Jackson can turn that six to eight yard slant into a 70 yard gain like it's nothing you have that big guy in Njoku you know this this Brown's offense can cause problems for a massively struggling Buccaneers defense. So I look for a lot of pressure to come from the defensive side. And I look for the big plays to be plentiful from the Brown's offense.
1: Oh, and I, this is the thing. And, you know, cause everybody now, right now, because of the injuries, the way they are, everyone's out there saying, Oh, we got to do this. You got to do that. I mean, They're talking about trading for Amari Cooper. First things first, Amari Cooper's in the concussion protocol right now. So let's wait till the guy's out of it before we're talking about trading for him. Um, And the other thing is he's on the decline, and he's owed $14 million next season. You know, everybody, you know, I think they just see a name. But before that, even the receivers they had, look, you know, um, to this point, Callaway, look, he's had a lot of ups and downs. He really has. But he's got a 100-total yard effort to his day in week two against the Saints. So -hmm. the ability's there. He's, He's finding a way to get open. Yeah, we're dealing with drops. Well, the guy didn't play football in 2017. He was suspended his entire year. I'm not using this to defend the guy that he is, but I am using it to defending the player that he is. He goes from playing college and looking pretty good, getting ready to go to his junior year, to being suspended, and now all of a sudden he's in the NFL, and he's playing with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield who can make any throw that you ask him to. And, you know, I think the kid's just, you know, he's playing at a fast pace, but he's playing in a warp speed league. Damian Ratley, you're going to see a lot of him. Haven't seen much of him. You know, dropped a crucial touchdown pass on, on Sunday, yeah, but still rebounded for six catches for 82 yards. Six-foot-three, 218-pound frame. You know, he you know, kind of got like a little bit of a Mike Evans type of build to him. Um, Jarvis Landry, I think they need to – they brought Jarvis here, and they kind of set him up with, look, let's run you like a true one, number one wide receiver. We're going to run the deep routes. And that worked for a bit. It did. But now, when you're starting to get the teams with solid cornerbacks, the last couple of weeks, it hasn't worked out so well for Jarvis Landry. So, you know what? Then let's start doing more of what Jarvis is comfortable with and where he wins. You know, work him over the middle. David Njoku can, you know, he can actually flex out and he can run some route, routes from there. First route he caught on Sunday, uh, he either ran an RPO action, he ran a slant, they hit him for it, 14 yards, boom. These are things he can do because he is, you know, I know he's a big, big man, but he's extremely athletic. So they just kind of mix up better to the personnel they have. You didn't even mention Duke Johnson, and this is a complete jack-of-all-trades. This guy can play Mm -hmm. slot receiver and also carry the ball ten times a game. Use that. Use Nick Chubb more. The fact that, you know, Nick Chubb had three carries in the Oakland Raider game, and he did very well. And what did they say? We're going to give him the ball more now. Okay, they didn't. Last week he had three carries for 30 yards. What did they say? We're going to give him the ball more. Well, let's see what happens on Sunday because you keep telling us you're going to give the kid the ball more, but then you refuse to do it and the games don't go your way. So just explain what you have. They have a lot of skill. You've just got to use it all.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the uh, the Miami Dolphins syndrome when they keep talking about giving the ball to, to uh, Kenyon Drake more and then it just doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's so foolish that you know fans and people who cover your team see blatant things that you're just not trying to do, and you do nothing for, and it's like, oh, well, you, you, you know, they don't know what it is. Well, then, you know what? Somebody stand up at a press conference somewhere and then tell us what you think we don't know because otherwise, you know, they lose last week, and they don't put their better players in until later in the game when the game is already out of hand, and guess what? Those guys produced. So what is it? I mean, sometimes, you know, look, we're in a world now for years, you know, football and front office personnel we're a million times smarter than the fans and the, team and the people who cover them. We're not that way anymore. Every game, whether it's all 22 or all the options that people have to follow their favorite team and follow the film and follow what goes on. I mean, look, I mean you can't fool everyone anymore. It's just not that way. And sometimes, look, you just got to admit you're getting things wrong. Nobody admits it. They just think that they're right. And then you want to know what? And then you see that head coach loses his job at the end of the year. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Jeff, we're we're up against the clock. So before we get out of here, we have to do the traditional uh, game prediction. So tell me what you think the score is going to be. Who's going to take this one on Sunday?
1: I, I, I'm concerned now. I, I was very high on this defense and everything that was going on. The uh, Terrence Mitchell loss has been, had been difficult. Um, I'm not sure EJ Gaines is going to be able to put up a game like he put two weeks ago. I, I think high scoring. Uh, I'm going to go with a 34-31 Tampa. Um, I, it, it, there's parts of me that I think the Browns can win it, but I I think unless the Browns play all the guys they need to play offensively, I think they can win this game. But to this point now, going into week seven, I don't have any faith that they're going to do it. I I mean, going into week six, I don't have any faith that they're going to do it, and it's going to cost them this ballgame.
0: Well, on this show, since we started Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I have picked the Buccaneers to win once. That one time was against the Bears, and we all oh know how that ended. Mitch Trubisky had –
1: of Fame, Hall of Fame game.
0: Yeah, Mitch Trubisky will never have a game like that ever, ever again. So with that in mind, I am going to take the Bucs. I do feel that this offense is good enough to get the job done against Cleveland's defense, even though Cleveland's defense is very good. And I think the removal of Mike Smith – whether the players liked him or not, and the promotion of Mark Duffner is going to light a spark under this team. They're going to realize, look, we haven't been getting this job done, and we just cost a man his livelihood. We have to step it up. Jason Pierre-Paul was on a local radio station talking about how the players need to be more self-accountable and how they have to hold each other accountable and expect greatness from one another that they've been playing as individuals and not playing for one another. And I think we're going to start to see that shift now. This is a team that hasn't even voted on captains yet because they didn't want it to be a popularity contest. And Jason Pierre-Paul has set himself uh, you know, far and wide as the leader of this defense. And I think it will continue to do so. With that in mind, I'm going to take the Bucks to win 27 to 23. And this will be the first game this season that the Buccaneers defense holds an opposing offense to under 400 yards of total offense. So, I mean, small where take your
1: of agree <laughs> That's why I kind of – one thing where I kind of agree with you is because it's going to be really tough to game plan. Because you're going to look at film, but you're going to look at film of what Mike Smith did for five weeks. You're not going to be able to look at film, you know, of what you're going to see Sunday. And now you put in a rookie quarterback, you're going to put in two rookie wide receivers, you're going to put in a second year tight end, perhaps a rookie running back as well. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be tougher than people think, you know, Browns, for my Browns fans, I think it's going to be tougher than they think.
0: All right, well, Jeff, certainly appreciate some of your time tonight. Had a lot of fun talking Bucks and Browns, and I'm sure we'll continue game. talking about it on Twitter. For all of you listening, please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com, and make sure you're following along and interacting with both Jeff and myself on Twitter, and you can do so at LockedOnBucks, at LockedOnBrowns, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, Jeff, thank you so much. Looking forward to a fun and entertaining game. And thank you all so much for joining us right here on Crossover Wednesdays.